got you on the lingo, Hypno. Yo, 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 yo. Now get the sound right. So now get the sound right. It, it's reeds and weeds? Reeds and weeds. Now, what's the reeds part? We read books, oh, dumbass. Oh, but for some reason I'm thinking <laughs> reeds. Like, <laughs> I always thought, when I thought of reeds and weeds, like, you know what hits me? You think I'm talking about, like, what I need to put in my horn to make clarinet, it work? Clarinet, saxophone. Oboe. There's something I got to put in my horn to make to it work. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Seems like that would hurt. Okay. Hello. Ouch. Hello. Testing. Testicle one, two. All one, right. two. Juan, two. How many Mexicans does it take to <laughs> check a mic? <laughs> Just Juan. Just Juan. Just Juan. Oh, I maybe put it down too much. Okay, here we go. Bam, bam. Okay. La da da. Do we got it? All right. I think we're good. Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you will, your voice will go up. My voice does go up. It'll sometimes. go up. I'll It'll go get like loud. Ah, You'll get King loud. Diamond, like All the King right. Diamond All right. Comes right out. I don't want this thing around my ankle. Is it weird that I'm like above you? No, I don't feel. feel I don't feel. This, is it weird that you're above me? <laughs> no, does it make you feel like yeah, this is how it should be? Like I'm waiting for the rest of the class, <laughs> class. to show up. <laughs> See you Come on in, children. Any, anytime We're now. about to do the story. Anytime. We're about to do it. <laughs> about to do the story okay, time. <gasps> There's the looper. Yes, I got the looper, girl. Oh, my gosh. I have two loopers wow. now. Wow. No shit. See, you know how one? I love that there's looper, two, boy. I, this is the new looper. Oh, God. Okay. So We're going to have to have another. RC, I have an RC505. Yeah. MK1. Okay. okay this is the MK2. Ooh. Okay, so that's better. It's better. It's got more. Twice as good. It's, it's it's just it's $150 better. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More buttons and noises and things. There's some more buttons, more noises. Good, and good. So sure. I can it's tell how much cool. better it is from here. <laughs> just like, in a side glance. Shit, that was fun. That was fun. So let me let me get myself together here. Okay, we are. We're doing an episode of Reeds and Weeds, where we smoke weed and read books. That's, That's what awesome. the Reeds is. Should we smoke some more weed right now? Or, or let me digest the first six bong hits, okay. and then we'll, right, we'll check cool, in, yeah. though. We'll you know check what? in. I'm still trying to breathe from that last <laughs> 12 bong hits. Yes. Well, and I got, I brought little... Um, Little uh, Shiraz pre-rolls from Island Farm. Oh, thank you, Island Yummy. Farms. You guys are awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, I worked there a little bit over the pandemic. Um, and I miss it because it's planting season. Oh. You know? I went by there the other day. and Did you wave? Uh, no, I went in. out in the dirt. I went out and like went into the hoop house and walked around the land. Uh, yum! It smells good. The earth is all mm, getting yummy. You know, good. oof, smells Makes good. Makes you want a salad. <laughs> Makes you want a salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I get it. Uh, no, I just want to like take my shoes off and like stand in the dirt and like touch plants <laughs> feels good right Got that's your what shoes i off and your toes are just yes. like squeezing the earth I do it like, i work ah. last summer i would just be out there all by myself all day just mosquitoes all over me no other humans just ah, just wildlife totally. weed you i did it without any it. bug repellent no i always was 100 percent like a gross amount like a super toxic amount of oh. deet yeah i would 
put it all over my hat and then put my hat on and then put it all on my clothes, put my clothes on Here over my body. Here comes the citronella queen. It was terrible. And one day I was out there working and it started just pouring rain and everybody was going, Shelly, we're going in. Do you want to get in the gator? And I was like, no. <laughs> like it felt so good because there was no bugs biting me. It was just like, oh, I forgot what this was like. It was beautiful. It's almost like being up north. In, yeah. In like... Oh my God! In the wintertime, it just—I mean—it's just started to get warm. So as we're recording this, it's May 9th, right? Yep. So it's that wonderful time in Michigan where you know you've survived. <laughs> we, <laughs> you've we are like, de- like, like we are definitely starting to feel that warmth. Yes, everything's from the green. light at the end of the tunnel. Everything's green. Like I don't think it's gonna snow again. I really don't. Oh, girl, you it's know as soon as you say that, it's gonna Stop snow it. on your way. No, home. everybody, go ahead and plant things. You can plant <laughs> things after Mother's Day. We all know this. Um, so my focus is really good right now. That's awesome. I love having really good focus. It's yep, important. yep, yep. Squirrel. So Ray, Ray, and I know each other uh we met through jamie lowell thousands of years ago a thousand years ago (laughs) we were warriors in battle together exactly (laughs) yep and then there was a couple other lives that were equally weird we we died really young like we were what dude i think we were and we were in kilts before Oh yeah, I was yeah. a dude in a kilt totally for sure. Harden it up for sure. I feel like I lived somewhere near the Great Wall of China. I'm just telling you, it's a weird thing. It's we're going to talk about it in yeah, as the Great far Wall as of like China, like so, like my San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I visited San Francisco before. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying like like a thousand years ago. I'm like, did I have a life in China? <laughs> Woo! Might yeah. have, might, might have. have, but might have. But in this current dwelling life that we're in, that our human forms are in right now, we met, I think, at Third Coast Compassion, Jamie Lowell's old. Yep, thank one of the first to Jamie Lowell. Yes, the first uh, dispensary here in, in Michigan, Michigan. In Michigan, and so we were hanging out in the parking lot. They were preparing for some party or something, and. Um, and it was fun. I was like, oh, Ray's going to be fun. <laughs> Me and Jamie and Ray are going to be playful. And that's going to mm-hmm. be great. I yep, hope yep. that happens New again. New playmates here. We have some <laughs> Do you fun remember that? Yep, yep. It was like, oh, right. Okay, was so it, we it can do this. It was Third Coast, right? Yes, yes. And it wasn't, wasn't in like, it was like one of those like, like compassion club, you know, just kind of meetings. No, it was, I came over there because I was doing um, the show for Ohm of Medicine, and Jamie wanted me to do one. He took me into that guitar room. Remember that guitar room? Yes. He had like nine guitars or pro- maybe 20. Oh, that's right. Right? And yep. we were in there looking at him, and I was asking him something, and you guys were just hanging out. That's what And I what just happened to be there. Yeah, I just was walking down the street or something. Um, and maybe Charmy bumped into us. Like, it was quite a little meetup. It was good. That's awesome. Yeah. And then Jazz Cabbage, uh, when we used to go to CRB, and uh, Jazz Cabbage is a, a very well-informed and interesting Michigan-based um, cabbage podcast. Cabbage podcast. Cabbage podcast. Cannabis podcast. A, a, a podcast. It really it's is. It was like a total and so Rick Michigan Thompson, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell every week do um, 
Jazz Cabbage, and they and they talk about all the news. I get a lot of my news from them. If I want to know something about a bill or something, I call Jamie or Rick, and I know they're going to know. Yep. So when I was at Island the other day, they were asking about this house bill. I think it's 5152. Was that what it was? Is it 5152, or is it? Um, I'm going to, or is it 53, 54? <laughs> or is it 50, or is it 51, five. 50? No, it's 5512. Oh, so 5512 house bill. An attempt to an end around to the landmark high court decision that upholds immunity for cannabis patients and disallows judges from restricting cannabis medicine use while on bond or probation. For example, someone is in prison and they're trying to say, like, this is my medicine. I have or they're on probation when they get out. And they're trying to say, like, I can have cannabis because I have this medical card. Right. And there's a law that says that. This protects me. And people just get kept getting put back in jail because they violated their parole. And they're like, no, this is allows me to do this, right? So we've been fighting that. We've been trying to help get people out of jail for that, right? Um, places like the Michigan Cannabis Freedom Coalition are doing that work of trying to free cannabis prisoners, you know? So this would basically... It passed the House. It hasn't passed the Senate yet, I don't think, so you have to call your representative. House Bill 5512 would create an unnecessary and costly obstructionist layer of bureaucracy by requiring a court participant to produce their recommending physician at a special hearing. So if you're trying to explain to someone that you're allowed to have cannabis, they're saying you would have to bring your doctor to your court date. Wow. So it'd be like, dude, I just got a jail, man, and There's like, no I don't want to... I'm like, you know what? And I need to go get my medicine, but I don't want to do pills anymore, man. So I'm going to go ahead and yeah. go with the marijuana. Okay, that's cool. Um, we can give you your pills, no problem. But if you're going to do the marijuana oh thing, uh, we're going to probably throw you in jail because uh, you're going to violate probation, your probation with that. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, just like. Damn. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And to to expect <laughs> it of any other thing, like you can go like, Oh, I'm gonna be in Traverse City this weekend. Can you call my prescription in over there? Doc, just refill my bills. Mm. That would probably happen. Could you imagine br- telling that doctor, no, you know I have to come with me to the store. So, you have to come with me. That's like low key <laughs> Nazi. Oh, it's vibe. not even low key. It's, it's, low it's like key. low key Lazi vibe. Not even low high key. key. <laughs> not even. Woo. Okay. So I saw on Facebook Ray post that he was in this book called The Elephant on the Ceiling by Mike Hain. Shout outs to Mike Hain. Hi, Mike Hain. Hi, Mike. Uh, I meant to call you, but I forgot. It's okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk later. All right. We'll so get it. We'll Mike get wrote this book that just came out in 2021, and he interviewed all of these people who had near death experiences or similar, because he tells two stories that aren't exactly near death experiences. But It's a really quick read. I read it in probably one day. It's about 100 pages. It's very easy to read because he's kind of a journalist, you know. It's very simple. He's hearing people's stories and he's telling them. And I think he's coming from a point of view of, like, comforting himself and others uh, around the fear of death Mm -hmm. by talking to people who've come up against it and 
visited the other side. Does that sound like a good That sounds analysis? like a pretty, pretty good idea of where he may be coming from with the, uh, with okay. the book. Okay. So Ray's story, the main reason I wanted to talk about this book, I'm trying to think right now, do I want you to tell your story first and then let's talk about everything else? Yes. Yes, because you're the first part of the book. Ray is the very first story in this book. So I'm curious about one thing. Uh, how did he find you? You know, um, got to love Mr. Zuckerberg for that, like the whole Facebook thing where there's a... He introduced th- you guys? Yeah, well, yeah, he introduced <laughs> us. Uh, we were hanging out, uh, dinner over at yeah, Mark's. Yeah, over at Zuck's. You know, <laughs> you guys we're over at Zuck's, bro. Zucks. You know, his wife just made some really cool, you know... Um, What'd she make? <laughs> tostadas. Oh, really? Really That's good tostadas. Anyways, you okay. know, so there was Mike there. He's just like okay. chilling out. He was um, kind of looking at his cell phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Come what a lot now. of people do these days. Oh, my gosh. Even at Zucks, they're looking at their cell phone. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> how did you really re- How did you really meet Mike Hayne? <coughs> okay, it wasn't Exuck's house, but it was on his media platform called Facebook, and yep. there was this heard of it. Uh, there was this near-death experience um, chat group that mm-hmm. was going on, and that's how I met him through that. Oh, really? And he was, you know, just kind of introduced himself out as like wanting to um, write a book about near-death experiences okay. and you know different ones, and and I thought, well, cool, I'd love to. You know, I mean, it's been, um, you know, my mission in a lot of ways and to just to get the word out, share this experience with the whole world. You know, one of the things that I had happened while I was experiencing my near death experience was just before I came back was, you know, you know, floating with God out, you know, outer space, just outside of the sun, looking at the earth and telling him that I'm going to share this experience with everybody down here. Yeah. You know, uh, get people off the fence. Yeah. And, um, and to see that book, you know, like materialized in mm-hmm. front of me and, you know, see, you know, here it is. Chapter one, Razor Ray. It yep. was such a feeling of, like, I cried. Not because of anything other than just feeling like I've finally getting some of this work done that I said I would. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been working on a book w- with... Uh, with Charmy Goulson called oh, Journey really? to Heaven Shore. We've been, you know, she's been doing a lot of the writing for me and give her oh, everything wow. that I've gotten and she kind of sends it back in this really, you know, most elegant way. You know, and so we've been working on that. We've kind of gotten to that last chapter of where, you know, it's not the easiest chapter because right. of what happens. You know, it's like I had written and done the first copy of a journey to heaven shore mm-hmm. god me like five years ago oh wow yeah and when i thought it was done the computer crashed and i no. just like you know i was like all right lord i get it you're telling me i'm not done you yeah. know and and at some point you know um 
Charmy ended up getting involved with wanting to to help on the writing bit. You oh. know, so, I mean, she's just an awesome wordsmith. Oh, I love that. You know, so um, you know, there's been pauses in the project, um, just because of life and because mm-hmm. of COVID mm-hmm. and, and deaths as mm-hmm. well. Um, but we're we're kind of we're very close to just making this thing a done deal but wow. uh the book's entitled a journey to heaven shore and what started out as a it was starting out to be a near-death experience book just yeah just about the experience itself much like what you would be reading here and yeah so i want to i want to hear more about that but i want to talk about the actual experience uh-huh um so ray's story uh mike hayne has interviewed a lot of people who have had near-death experience and ray's ray is the first one. And I had heard about this kind of in passing here and there. You would post something every once in a while or say something in conversation, but I'd be like, well, wait a minute. There's a lot more to that story, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know everything about it. So tell me about, you know, 2013, you know, when this happened, what was going on and this what is happened. well, okay. So here we are, February. It was February nineteenth, two thousand thirteen. I think there might be a little typo on that on the book part right there, but I remember that quite well because, um, uh, you know, it it was it was a cold February night, and I just got back home to. Uh, you know, got back home and I was in bed, you know, and I was with, uh, with my partner, Dana. And, um, you know, we were having some fun time activities mm-hmm. and literally it's crazy because I remember when I was a kid, like thinking to myself, this was probably during like my, you know, like 12, 13, 14 years of age being like heavily influenced by like Nikki Six and you know bands like that, Blackie Lawless, thinking that you know it was this rock and roll thing. And yeah. so to me, how would I want to die? Well, shut. I would want to come and go at the same time. Yep. So that's what happened. No shit. Girl, I literally came and went at the same time. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And like, then what uh, happened? Well, You're here, there? So here I am. One one minute I'm on the bed. The next moment I'm like I just had a blackout and I'm on the floor and I'm waking up and I'm like so disoriented and, and like uh, like just alarmed at the same time and hearing the like the pounding of my heart and feeling you know like all this sweat just accumulating on me and panning breathing really hard and fast Mm -hmm. and going what just happened Mm -hmm. and dana was right there saying what did you take what were you on like i'm like i didn't take anything she's like the ambulance is on the way and how long had you been out when she called at that point i you know i'd been out long enough for her to call the ambulance and the and, ambulance is on its and way. The, and the ambulance is already on its way. Oh, my God. And I, at that point, too, 
she was already cleaning me up and like trying to get me dressed because I mean I wasn't wearing any clothes at the time mm-hmm. and so waking up to all that disorientation you know and feeling completely thirsty I just remember I was so hot and th- and thirsty and I just like I remember getting up and I'm like I need to get something to drink and I need some fresh air and just as I was getting ready to go downstairs the paramedics showed up and they were like hold on go back up to the bedroom and that's when they started taking vitals and mm-hmm. And it was during that time I'm sitting on the bed and I'm just kind of like, ooh, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm thinking I'm, I'm okay. Nothing's too, you know, I'm disoriented. What, what happened? You know, I'm like, wow. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this, you know, this piercing pain right on my, like the front of my, just at the top of my forehead. Oh my gosh. And it felt like a, like a knife going right through my skull. And I remember just screaming loud, like it freaked everybody else. Like, oh, my God, like we got to get him out. You know, he's got to go. And so it was a quick rush to the first hospital. And I remember as we were going down the steps down, you know, because we were in the second level. And here we are going down stairways on on a gurney and out. And then into the, you know, cold February night, it was and you know, it became real to me. It's like, holy shit, I'm on my way to the hospital. I just, wow, you know. And at the same time, I knew to calm myself down, that everything was going to be all right. But to calm myself down, I used this throat singing technique that was just, while I was in the ambulance because it would it would take away the pain immediately I noticed that when I would do this it would it would pinch off the blood that was going to my skull at that point oh my gosh and and so did you realize you were doing this no I realized it was just relieving pain it was it was after it was after the fact of realizing that that's what got bought me a lot of time because I had to go to three different hospitals that night. What? Yeah, so we're on the way to the first hospital, and here I am, oming, just to kind of calm myself down and relieve the pain. Did, could you tell what the reaction was in the ambulance? Yeah, everybody was just like, you know, and didn't say anything. They did, you know, but sure. it's just like, but I'm just there in my, you know, here we are traveling. I'm just like, and you know? you know, that's not the weirdest thing they've ever seen. You know, it probably isn't right. No, they're ambulance. Tra- I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they probably seen, you know, I'm sure I know some people that had to go to scenes where like they were stuck with a, like a things up their butt. And, oh, not, and not being yes. able to get off the bedpost. Oh, no, no. So, no. you know, that was probably nothing when you oh, compare no, that. Oh, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. Back to the story. Throat singing. Go. Why three so, hospitals, though? Okay, so we get to the first hospital, and they're like, we don't have the right equipment for him. You know, what? it just happened to just be the closest hospital. But when they realized that 
I was in a much more deeper situation that they were like, he's got to go to Providence. So they were sending me from Troy to Southfield, Providence. And, um, and I heard them tell Dana, like, you better call his family. You probably really should call. We don't know if he's going to make it through the night. And, and I was just like, I heard that, you know, they thought I was knocked out because I wasn't making any sound at the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and they were like, Oh, and then it was at that moment. I was just like, Lord, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I accepted that, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to pray that it's not for me to be able to be here for my kids. Like Mm -hmm. that was all that mattered at that moment. Yeah, yeah. My kids. And we got to the second hospital and they were getting ready to start the process of putting holes into my skull. Sucking out sucking out blood from one hole uh, out of my out of my skull. That's not good, man. Uh, and then with the other hole is uh, what they do is that they repair the vessel that is blown on the outside of the brain. Um, so they do that by finding, um, <laughs> they put, check this out, they put tiny little curly titanium curls in, in this sack that is deflated. Uh, in your brain and they fill it they put about I don't know about 13 15 of them something like that and it fills up the sack and then they cauterize it so the blood flow can continue to go and you know nothing happens to that spot anymore oh my god so I Did have they show you how this all worked later? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You obviously had no cognitive. I'm right, exactly. But they're doing this. And as they're getting ready to do that process, the equipment starts to fail. And what? they canceled the, p- the procedure at Southfield and then had to move me to oh my gosh, Novi Providence. So but the problem was now I am hooked up to all of this gear that is keeping me alive, that they don't have a transport big enough to take everything. So it took a while for them to get the bigger ambulances. So, I mean, I I mean, girl, so much time has passed. So much precious time has passed. Yes. Yes. And this is all happening on my watch, (laughs) you know? Yeah. 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 So for me, life is going pretty quick in the sense like once that happened and I was on my way to the hospitals it was almost like every time I blinked my eyes it was a new scene yeah mm-hmm. I blink my eyes and I'd be in an ambulance I'd blink them again I'd be in a hospital I'd shut them and I'd open them again and I'm you know in another ambulance it was like and then finally I'm opening them up and I'm making that sound of ohm during all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now, at this point, I'm hearing that sound of ohm, but I'm not making it. And I'm opening up my eyes, and I'm looking down at my feet, and I notice that I'm standing in a in this body of water that is still. 
Like there is no ripples in it whatsoever. There is no waves in it. Looks like a river or, or like an ocean, you know. Or it just, it was a large body of calm water. Yeah. And I'm in it up to my ankles. Like I'm on the edge of the shore. And I noticed that the shore itself, like the sand is all wet looking. Brown looking mm-hmm. wet sand. Mm-hmm. Um, ankles deep into the water with these and, and do you feel like it was dreamlike or you were just there you were suddenly just standing on the I beach felt the water. like yeah I didn't feel dreamlike I felt like all of a sudden I'm there and not scared or confused just kind no. of accepting like here I am I'm like wow I remember just kind of like just being in the moment of like where did I get these black leather sandals know then I remember then I, like I looked at my body and I have a white man dress and I thought to myself where did I get this man dress from you know at that point yeah I'm like where am I yeah there was no fear and the confusion really wasn't quite there but it was everything was just all in the moment and just mm-hmm. nothing to be afraid of but yeah. I was definitely wondering what's going on. And as soon as I thought, where am I? I hear music. I hear temptations. I know you want to leave me. Oh, really? But I refuse to let you oh, go. okay. I'm hearing, ain't too proud to beg. And it's like really loud. It's like so loud, I'm looking around for speakers. Yeah, yeah. And as I look, and I don't see any speakers, I just, you know, I I look to the left, and I look to the right, and I started to walk. And once I started walking, it took maybe about six, seven steps. Mm -hmm. I feel the ground shaking. And I hear a huge splash behind me. <clears throat> and I turn around and I'm capturing this um, mountain sliding into the water, making this giant, giant mist of like a splash. You know, like when you see a. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a piece of ice just drop sure, into the sure, water. Sure. And it's just that. And it's just like, oh, my God. And it was this complete mist that was in the air. And this feeling of love and awe and realizing that this mountain that I that I'm looking at looked like I'm like somebody took out a a chisel and decided to um carve out a statue of Zeus out of of this mountain like a you know the a giant boulder sitting at the top Mm -hmm. chiseled out to look like Zeus's head you know with the beard and his hair and yeah and the tree branches were his arms like these giant you know muscular arms it was just incredible like to see it's like the ultimate like you know edward scissors hands how he would do these incredible yeah he'd do a great job with that (laughs) yeah it was like that but on a mountain okay like the entire mountain like the landscape was part of his body wow you know, all the way down to the base of the mountain, you could see his feet wearing sandals, just like the same ones I was wearing. And this feeling of that mountain is God, like feeling awe. 
like in awe. And at that base of the mountain, I see this little old man walking towards me, maybe about four feet tall, you know, and, and, and he's getting close to me. At first I thought, is that Billy? My old um, father-in-law who had passed years ago, he mm-hmm. used to walk around the house and his fruit of the looms. <laughs> well, he gets closer. I'm like, no, that's definitely not Billy. But he was very, very, very pale, white. He had um, like the loincloth, like those short, like togas, you know, like you would see Christ yeah. crucified in. He's walking on one of those, and he's just he's just this little guy, really thin, and extremely like. Like if I were to say, if I could find people to describe what he looked like, it would be a combination of two Hollywood celebrities. Okay. <laughs> One is Marty Feldman, Igor, young Frankenstein. Oh, okay. So he looks very Jewish, you know? Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's got that very Jewish look to him. That and okay. and E. T. And E.T. He has these giant blue eyes that are like fixed. Have you fixed. had someone do an artist rendering of this? I had somebody do um, did? a picture of it for me. He took Marty Feldman and, and put the blue eyes in his in his eyeball. Yeah. And it was pretty close. Was it? I keep it around. I'll have to show it to you here in a little bit. Oh, my God. Shout oh outs to Mick Stone for God. doing that. But... Yeah, so he looked like a cross between Marty Feldman and, and E.T. Like, you know how E.T.'s eyes were perfectly circular? Like, yeah. they weren't like these. And they were most of his head. Right, and they were most of his head. And yeah. they were huge. Blue. Um, You could see the blues in his eyes that looked just like the sky. And you could see this constant vapor motion going on inside of oh. his eyes. And it was like clouds that were moving across his eyeballs. And it Gosh. hit me. It's like, that's how he sees everything. His eyes are the sky. And then it just hit me just how little I was in front of him. Like, here. Like, you this, think he's little. Here's this little man in front of me that I think he's little. But then I'm seeing his eyes that are like, I'm realizing his eyes are the sky. And I'm just a. Oh, my God. A, a, just a, a cell in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just, it really hit me just how small I was compared yeah. to him. Yeah. It was such a, such a weird experience of, of time and space. Yeah. You know. Wow. And were you, um, did you feel like scared of him or noticed by him? No, or? I, when I, when he came up to me, it was a real, real Yoda moment. You know, like, remember when Luke Skywalker first met Yoda and he was looking at this old man, like, he was real peculiar in his way, and he didn't even think that that was Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't think that was God by looking like that. You would think that you'd see somebody just like, you know, what we all see God as in the the Bibles that we've, you know, all the pictures that we've been shown. You wouldn't think he's this little meek, little old man with these giant blue eyes. Wow. But when it hit me that his eyes are the sky, you know, 
and, then and you that's how he like, sees everything. Yes. It's just like, I don't see the sky the same anymore. Like I'm outside. If I ever need to go to church, I just simply look up. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, if I need yeah. to talk to God, I can talk to him right where I'm at, right here down in this basement. Yeah. But I do feel that huge change of perspective now when I look at the sky that was never there before. And I find it quite interesting linguistically how I and sky as such a close. Uh, They're in like every sound. The relation, and you like know. The eye and the sky, the like it's such a I relate to it in the sense of I was telling Paul this like as I was reading a lot of these stories I'm like it's a lot of it is like a really really strong psychedelic you know you're you're reading something and it could be a book full of really really strong psychedelic experiences <coughs> right right so my experience that I think you've probably heard me talk about is the Bufo experience from 2018 where same situation where suddenly I was flung and spread out into the universe so instantaneously like into just like all of my cellular components were spread out over the vastness of the universe and I understood that we were like hurling through space and millions of human lives just rotating in and out of each other's souls you know and in an instant it was like so shocking it was too much you know it was kind of like this is why you can't know God like when you read the Bible and it's like he trembled and fell before God it's because it's it's too much he's too awesome too big he's just too awesome it's too awesome so on a day-to-day basis when you're like going around (laughs) getting the groceries and whatever you can't just be so aware that the universe is a vast and wondrous place like it's too much to deal with on a moment-to-moment basis sometimes it is you kind of have to rein it in sometimes just to just to keep your eyes on the road Mm -hmm. you know yeah you know what it has been a bit of a like, oh man. Hold on, wait. Let me let me because I always do this on shows and I'm trying okay, to get better. Okay, it's okay. Okay, so you're you're with the man in the mountain, and there's the mist, and what's happening next? And I'm looking at him, and his eyes are I'm realizing are the sky, mm-hmm. and he comes up to me, and it's like I was saying a very very Yoda ish moment, mm-hmm. where he comes up to me. And he's standing, you know, just about a foot away from me. And he's blinking his eyes, like, frequently and hard. Like, you ever see people that need yeah, glasses yeah, and yeah. Or, <clears throat> like they're doing that? Now, he's, yeah. doing, he's doing that, and he's also kind of got this chuckle thing going on with him. Like, he's doing no, it's this. so weird. I'm going to do uh, my impersonation of I when I first met God. I cannot wait. I this cannot was wait. He was blinking his eyes really hard <laughs> like this. Yes. And he was like. <coughs> oh, my God. Like he was holding in a chuckle. Wow. And finally, he That's says in this adorable. voice, you're not supposed to be here yet. Hold on one second. We got to do this can't believe no, I wasn't no, recording no, it. No, no, you got to do it. No, no, no. Do it. When you first I can't do God, it, girl. Can't do it. You can. I'm you gonna... can. I bet you. You're so good at this. You can do it. <laughs> Come on. Five, four, three, two. 
action. I can't do it. Why can't not? do it. I just don't. I'm like okay. really like here. I'm, I really can't. You, you caught me at a time where it was just <laughs> the magic happened. More. Okay, fine. I don't want to feel like I'm making fun of God either. By no, no, you know, like no. Getting, like, baby red time. No, impersonation think, of God. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it's honoring. That's it my is. point. It's because it's awesome. But you, but you see, the thing is that it's it's so quirky. You know, it's no, so it's it. so it, it was so peculiar and so quirky in his way. Yes. It's easy for the rest of the world to look at that experience and be like, oh, so God's quirky. Like right. that's all they're getting. They're not really getting the whole story. Right, right, right. The, the the when he told me that, and he said that I wasn't supposed to be here yet, and I looked at him and I was telling him. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking I should be with my kids right now, you know? And then he responded with like, yeah, it's not your time. Not supposed to be here yet, but since you're here, I'll show you around. Really? Oh my God. And then he ushers me. Uh-huh. Like he's got his hand behind me, his left hand behind me, and he's on my right side. Water on my left. God to the right and mm-hmm. as we are walking I am feeling like that same kind of love that you had when you were a baby and you were yeah. with your you were just in you know with your mom and your dad yeah that feeling of security and just love and yeah. that's what I was feeling and I was like oh my god I'm finally with my dad that's all I could think and I'm looking at him just like wow this is this is dad and as we're walking we walk by an old man who is standing on a a rock by the water Mm -hmm. skipping stones off the water Mm -hmm. you know and he looks like a very old man like maybe about 80 or 90 Mm -hmm. uh he's dressed peculiar like he's got a, a wrestling, like a luchador outfit. What? <laughs> I'm serious. Wow. He's got boots, red boots taken off. So he's barefoot. He's got blue leggings, red trunks. Old man just skipping stones by the water. And as we walked by, I was like, who's that? And God was just like, you don't have to worry about him. <laughs> I'm like, cool, I ain't got to worry about the old guy with the red trunks. That's what I thought. Just let it go. And, uh, just like as soon as we walked by him, though, it was like we were no longer on this beach. Right, right. We were now in outer space. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know if that old man was like the threshold, like the, you know. He was the doorman. He was the doorman. <laughs> he was the doorman. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I know you guys. I have an You're interesting good. story about him after everything, so be sure you <laughs> okay, ask me about okay, that, okay. the doorman. All right. <laughs> so that's funny that you say that. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Okay, so we're now in outer space. We are, I'm looking at the earth, and it's like the size of like a grapefruit or a softball. Yeah. And it's to my right, and then to my left is, a, is the sun. And it's like this giant beach ball. We're so close to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here's God, like, 
half of his body that is just reflecting like a like just shimmering golden light you know reflecting the sun and then the other half of his body is like dark side of the moon and with his eyes being as big as they are he has his hairline that's that is way up higher than you know than ours but his hairline he's got long straight it's like stringy um gray white hair and as it gets towards the end it's like towards his back uh maybe like the last six inches of his hair, it gets really curly, you know? It's very, very, very curly. Mm-hmm. But in outer space, everything's just floating, you know? And I'm yeah. looking at him, and he's telling me. He's, uh, he's looking at me and at, the, and at the sun, and he says, you have a lot of people praying for you right now. And then he gave me the, the shoulder shrug. He gave me the universal shoulder shrug, and he said, and it's just not your time. And when he said that, I knew exactly what he was telling me. I'm like, well, if you're telling me it's not my time to go, then I'm going to make sure that I share this experience with everybody down there pointing at the earth. I'm like, I know so many people that are sitting on the fence about you. I'm like, if I were to share this experience with them, Let'd get him off the fence, you know. And uh, and I was telling him that I could see him looking at the sun as I'm speaking to him. And as soon as I said that, he starts to nod his head, yes. And he looks at me and he says, "I know you will, my son." And that at that moment, he uh, turned to me and gave me a hug. And that was the only time he ever embraced me. Um. But it was at that very moment that I found myself opening up my eyes in the hospital in uh, Novi, Michigan, in Providence Hospital there. Wow. You know, and as I opened up my eyes, I remember thinking to myself, yes, yes, I made it like that. And then I thought to myself, like the second thought was, at what cost? Yeah. You know, and then the next thing I see is my baby sister, Mm -hmm. Terry, who is right next to me. She's got her head down. She's in prayer mode. Mm -hmm. And she's crying. But uh, I I see her. And the first thing that I say coming, what's the first thing that comes out of my mouth after talking to God? Oh, I know I must be fucked up if you're here. <laughs> no, no. Are you serious? I told oh that to my, my sister. I'm like, sister, I was just with God. <laughs> I was just with God. And she starts laughing. And then I'm like, and then I notice I got a catheter on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got a jelly boner. Because that's what oh, it feels like when you got God. a catheter. You could feel like this, like this rubbery tube in the front yes. the shaft of your penis <laughs> okay. it's just so weird uh that i couldn't help but like constantly want to just like squeeze it <laughs> you know like because it's a tube and you're just like wow. I, yeah 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 but so coming out of this amazing you know historical experience i'm over here coming out like 
I just saw God. I was just with God. And who wants to see my jelly boner? <laughs> Man, I've said that so many times in my life, you know? Like, it's just like, if I had a dollar for every time I said, I've just seen God, I've just seen God, does anybody want to see my jelly boner? Man, we'd be rich. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... How did people respond with you telling them all about it? And how long were you out? Well, that was the thing. I was only out for, like, not that long. But they had to, um, they said that they didn't know for sure if I was going to come out because they thought I would be in a coma. Oh, my God, that's scary. You know, but the doctors and everybody was just, they all came in congratulating me, high-fiving and, you know, um, it was very much, it was one of those weird moments. It was like so surreal to see just a whole bunch of people that you love and they're all around you because you're in this hospital bed. Oh my gosh. You know, and it's just like, man, it starts to really hit you just how, uh, how precious and how everything in life can just change and just, yeah. and just like just the blink of an eye oh yeah you know um but for for me i i had um i was recovering quite well but on the like the second day of being in the hospital i contracted spinal meningitis oh my gosh which i've known people who have died from that so here i am facing death once again oh you know and uh and for me it was incredible to be in this state because it was more of that close your eyes opening them up and you're in another scene close them open them up and you're in another scene only this scene was me opening them up and seeing you know my partner dana wearing a different outfit you know like I would close my eyes, I'd open them, I'd be like, "Hey, baby, let's yeah. see here," and I'd give her like, you know, like, you know, and then I'd be out again. Yeah. Open them. She's wearing another outfit. Like, "Hey, baby," you know. After like four or five times, I'm just like, "I'm like, how many outfits did you bring?" And she's like, "I didn't bring any outfits. Like, you've been out for the last five days." Oh wow. I'm like, oh my God, I thought you brought a whole bunch of outfits with you. You were just in the hospital being given fluids and things like that? Yep. Wow. Yep. Oh my God, so from the time that you like were having sex to the time when you're back recovering from spinal meningitis, how long was that? Um, Like, do you remember how much time? Oh my God, it's incredible. Like, that was 20 days. That's it? Oh, my gosh, that's so much. Yeah, I stayed in the hospital for 20 days, and then I had to, like, and then I had to stay home, like, for another uh, 10 days of getting antibiotics, but, like, through an IV. So they would send a a nurse over to take care of me. Oh, my gosh. But then I wasn't able to drive either for, like, a couple of months because once you have a seizure you're like you have to be cleared for a few months like i think a 30 day or 60 day period 
So when you came to, were they like, oh, you had an aneurysm, you had a seizure? What did they say? So you just had a seizure. Um, we're not really sure. They were like, when I came to, they were really, they really weren't quite sure what had happened yet. You yeah. know, they were still taking like vitals and everything like that. It wasn't until like I started screaming, and, like holding my head up like this, like yeah, that they knew it was like he's got something going on with his brain. Oh my gosh! Wow! You wow! Know? Wow! So then you're telling people about God. Did it feel like you had to tell everybody you saw? You know and what? How were they responding I, I t- to you it? You know, like I'm I'm over here thinking this. It's like. I have no problem telling the whole world what I had experienced for the fact that I told God that I'm going to share this experience with everybody down there. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of got a, I have a mission. Yeah. So the more people I tell, good. You know, um, there are people that look at it and be like, yeah, that's your own experience. That's your own interpretation. That's your own DMT, you know, experience when the brain releases DMT. This is what you see. This is how you, that was your own interpretation of God. It's whatever, you know, not everybody believes it. You know, some people are like, you know, that's cool that you were strong enough to get through this. I'm like, no, I really wasn't. I'm like, your prayers is what got me through it. God got me through this. You know, and I've shared this experience with people to, you know, in, in all sorts of fashions, you know, and I, I find that the people that are going through um, loss and grief are the ones that really kind of like this hits home, you know. Yeah. But for those that are skeptical, those that are not really quite ready for the truth yet because yeah. the truth is scary it re- it reminds you that you're fucking you're mortal it means that you're going to die here yeah yeah and 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 that's a that's a that's that's a subject that is difficult for a lot of people to talk about yeah oh yeah and you know um i'm not um having any difficulty talking about death anymore and i've had to deal with it in in, in a lot you have you know i was very much aware that that an experience like that was going to cost me you know you don't just see and walk and talk with god without some sort of you know payment you You know Really? In the sense of like, and when I'm saying, and when I say payment, I'm saying without, you're not going to go through an experience like that without being tested. Oh. Yeah. You know? And I knew that there would be all sorts of testing with this. And that it was going to come in the form of seeing a lot of my people die. You know? Yeah. And 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 in from that time that that has happened to now, uh, there was this time period where like within a four or five time uh, five year period where it was just like I lost my mother, I had lost my father, I lost my big brother, I had lost my baby sister, and then I had lost a whole slew of best friends, um, and then it was coming to, um, 
losing my goddaughter, Camera Jean. Yeah. You know, someone who I wasn't ever really there for. You know, I have to admit, I was always out there playing rock star, and I wasn't even there for her ceremony to be her godfather. Somebody had to stand in for me. But she was somebody who was dear to me. Mm-hmm. She was my goddaughter, so that meant something. And for her to have died the way she did at the young age of 17, yeah, I think she was 17, 18, that it happened um, over a car accident. She uh, hit some hit some ice and then hit a tree, and both her and her younger sister almost didn't make it. Um, well, I should say her younger sister almost didn't make it. But Camera Jean definitely uh, crossed over. And I remember going to her funeral and and having this conversation with God, just like, you know, I, I people die, and I have this feeling of, like, I know where you're going, and I know who you're with, and, and, and I'll see you when I get there. And there's this acceptance uh you know yeah and like oh you're lucky you know but for my for for my goddaughter i felt like she was so young yeah and lots of love and life to give yeah and here i am still and i remember telling god i was just like you know i want to sound ungrateful but she was just so young and and i'm still here Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. And I heard his voice that was just like clear as day. And he said, in four to five years, my son, people won't even believe I exist. You know, and I thought to myself, what's going to go on in four to five years? You know, I started thinking of all these things like, you know, viruses, uh, getting hit by an asteroid, you know, just... Mm-hmm. World War Three, and it's mm-hmm. all those things that have been looming. But really, on that fifth year, when that fifth year hit, that was COVID. Like we oh were my shut gosh. down. Wow. Oof. It's wild, huh? And just it just really hit me. Like just what a prophecy that was. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Listen to this one because mine wasn't a near death experience, but <laughs> you know my experience with Bufo. I remember this, um, I became a huge hawk that was like, like as, uh, like if you picture if the whole earth was like this big meadow of waving grain, right? And I'm coming through like a hawk and like the wheat is separating from the chaff. You know, it's just going shook, shook, like there's just swaths of this field being cut out and it was just kind of a matter of fact thing, just like this is natural, this is how this happens. And then the immediate next image was kind of like a million scenes in an instant of people growing up and living lives and dying really quickly, really quickly in every corner of the world, every size and shape, just just really quickly. And the idea that their souls were just like jumping around do do you know what I mean just like the souls were just growing and elevating and elevating and people were just re-meeting each other lifetime after lifetime like popcorn Uh, it was yes it's just like popcorn (laughs) 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 popcorn. we'd like to thank our sponsors 
popcorn. Popcorn here. <laughs> Orville Redbacher. <laughs> the good stuff. Wouldn't it be ridiculous to have a popcorn sponsor on a show with microphones? <laughs> it's really interesting <laughs> when we talk about popcorn because, you know, like they say, I, like our souls are like orbs. And what does yeah. a, a popcorn seed look like? Um, little orb. A little orb? It sure does. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. Oh, my gosh. So I have to say... Um, That's intense. So much has happened to you, and I didn't know about sixty percent of it. You know. Well, you know it. Um, it did definitely. It it it. I it it prepared me for a lot. It yeah. gave me a, a yeah. A, a, it gave me a faith that yeah. is like the strongest that I've ever known. You know. Mm-hmm. Um immediately immediately right you didn't have to explain it to There's yourself no, uh, anymore you know, and i've always you know i've always had a relationship with with god i i've turned off by the catholic church once i learned about the history of it and and then you know once you learn about the history of the other religions too you're just like ah, i'm all right i'm gonna go direct I'm how about i just go, go direct? How about <laughs> we just go take this a little bit more direct right, <laughs> right. exactly I don't need to be associated exactly. with an organization to talk right. to my We God. don't need any of that. I mean, I want to see, if you guys are going to talk about the Bible, let's see all the chapters. I don't <laughs> want just the, the edited version. <laughs> you know, so with all of that being said, you know, my my um my views on organized religion were always like kind of like, you know, kind of like this. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I hear you. Not quite sold. So I just thought about this. Like, where where were you in music when it happened? And what changed in music after? Okay, like, so band, in me, you know? where was I in music when that happened? Well, still playing guitar with bands Motown Rage and Harm's Way and the Life Sucks Get High family and doing things at the Insane Clown Posse and Psychopathic Records for their studio, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm a studio guitarist for them. So um, where I was at at the time was just like where uh, where I'm at now is, you know, um, I started singing for this band called um, Rising Up Angry out of Florida. And right in the middle of this whole COVID thing where everybody's being locked down. Like everybody I know was bitching about being locked down for this COVID. But imagine being locked down in a place where, you know, that was your home, but also a murder scene. Oh, I can't. I can't imagine. You know, it it really was, you know, um, just before the two thousand, you know, just in two thousand nineteen, at yeah. Friday the thirteenth, just be, it was the day that COVID, the coronavirus, had hit in China. Yeah, the first recorded um, thing going on there right, was a right. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, and I remember um, being here and friend of mine calling me up saying hey you want to go out to to the token and go check out some bands i'm like no it's friday the 13th people are crazy out there tonight yeah i'm gonna stay home where it's safe oh my gosh and instead um you know crazy came here um, yeah 
one of the members of our household who is mentally ill and was a recovering alcoholic fell off the wagon super hard that evening and wounded up uh, murdering um my partner Dana as well as um as our as our niece uh Lisa so it was um you know he he shot them both while I was in the back studio so I wasn't even inside the house like I had headphones on music blasting I can't hear any of this stuff that's going on and this all took up like all happened inside the house and once he did all that he stole the car took off never to be back like he basically he had um you know just pulled an all night drinking all night and knowing that he fucked up and um not getting anybody to help him um eventually he had uh next morning it was uh, probably around 12 o'clock in the afternoon that um police officers were uh, reported to uh to the this bar that he was at people whatever he had spotted him and knew what happened and he got called the cops got called and he was um obviously at the bar told everybody at the bar to go into the bathroom and pulled out his gun and started firing on the cops in which they started firing back and killing him so we're talking like in the span of like 48 hours we we lost three people in this house now that was very very uh just fucking way fucked up it's so horrible and honestly you know my family and everybody would be like dude i don't even know how you can even be in this house after all of that shit has happened mm-hmm. um but my understanding of God gives me a, a, a certain peace and an understanding of all of this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I know where they're at and I know where I'm going to see them. And it sucks all the way. Yeah. And I, I wish I could change things. But it just, um, you know, it's all God's plan on on everything here. So... I've just learned to just be accepting of it, you know, knowing and trusting that his plan is always better than mine, always, you know, and I've never really been one that was a Bible thumper. Right, right. But at some point after my aneurysm, maybe about three or four years later, Mm -hmm. you know, a friend of mine who was actually my ex-wife's, one of her good friends asked me to marry her um not to marry her but to marry her and her fiance right to perform the ceremony to perform the ceremony to officiate and i was like i'm not official she's like she's like listen like i would rather be married by someone who had your experience and somebody you know like nobody knows god like the way you do oh wow yeah i'm like it would be a blessing and I'm like, and I just knew what she was, where she was coming from, and I was, yeah, I was humbled, 
and because mm-hmm. I knew God is like bringing me into this club, you know, yeah. like, okay, I'll be a pastor now. And I just looked at God like, okay, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it has like, you know, there was this big time for me where I was growing up and it was all about being the rock star and yeah, hopefully I'll get to, to bang as many chicks as possible, you know, and you know, get fucked goals. up, right? Gotta yep. have goals. And all that is just really um kind of changed in that oh, sense. Yeah. You know, I mean that was I mean I, I just grew up, but that I noticed that that was something that like that was a frequency that was no longer something I had to deal with after the aneurysm. Yeah. And it felt like such a relief. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know? But to to be this close to him and and not in the kind of a way where like I you know I couldn't really tell you any songs from the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Songs? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean songs? Yeah. Like the Psalms? Like hymns? Oh, those are just people things. Those aren't Bible things. <laughs> There's the Psalms, though. You yeah, know, those, songs. those are songs. The possums. <laughs> yeah. The psalms. <laughs> the psalms. You <laughs> ever seen really, a psalm? You know what? I was in a choir in college and high school, and we sang a lot of psalms, and they're beautiful. Oh, they're they're, they're gorgeous. Rocking. I mean, come on. I mean, the music that they have up there yes. is angelic. You know. Oh yeah, and I loved singing that. I loved singing that. Me oh. too. Yeah. I do too. I love praising. Amen. It's amazing when I think about how many different versions of my own faith I've gone through in my lifetime. You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up in a little small town. Everybody just assumed you were Christian. You never even talked about it because everybody went to a little church here or there. Right. If somebody didn't go to church, you probably thought it was really weird and wondered if they were okay, you know? (laughs) And then I remember one time I got a job at a subway or something and was like, had to work on a Sunday and I was like, oh, a lot of people are just kind of out and about like it's a regular day, <laughs> you know, and that the, something shifted. And then, you know, five years later, something else shifted two years after that. And it's the evolution of how we see God. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you leveled up like 16 levels in five days. You know, you went from like, I kind of know God and he's just like put you in this Super. Fast, it felt like I was a f- on a fast track, you right? Fe- you were fast tracked. You were fast tracked. And you know, but it was this. It was very much like, oh, at what cost? And I've seen the price, you know? Yeah. I, and it's been brutal. It's like brutal. Uh, it, just, it really has been. But at the same time, you know what? I couldn't be here right now and just in this joking kind of fucking manner and just right. like. Yeah. This with you. Yeah. If it wasn't for that experience yeah. that I had because yeah. it has brought me that kind of peace and that kind of yeah. understanding. Um You were so peaceful the first time I met you. But I almost didn't so. trust it. <laughs> I was like I don't know about that guy. Well, that guy's kinda <laughs> weird. He's a little too peaceful. I wonder yeah. what kind of peace he's thinking of. It's kinda creepy. No, no, there's for sure. I've been a creep. You know, no, I was that but guy. But also but also I was like, Oh, it's 
oh, it's harmless. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, okay, I get it. You know, I get it. And then, um, but I remember thinking like, how are you handling this? Like I did, I did not know what to say, you know, and I do, I can 100% see how it would change everything to have been through that. I can see. I mean, of course, of course. I mean, I feel real, real, you know, like, you know, losing Dana was a a massive loss for the entire world, but also a huge, like, lesson for me. And, and, you know, like, I learned so much from her. Yeah. And, and she showed me so much about myself that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I've got this little Dana voice in the back of my head that goes on in situations that, yeah. you know. She's telling you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's encouraging. Yeah. You know? And I feel very much tied, you know, um. God, you know, that uh, first night of being back home after all of that craziness that had occurred, um, you know, I could feel, you know, um, I could feel their spirits here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. A- and I could feel his spirit here. His angry Oof. spirit that was upset that everybody had raided his bedroom and burned his belongings and were just simply dealing with the anger that they were experiencing from that heinous act that he had performed. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But here I am in the house by myself and I could feel his anger. and And I'm just like, having a real conversation with somebody that's not physically there telling them exactly how I felt Mm -hmm. and and in in, in, in the name of God and in Jesus Christ you are not ever welcome into this house Mm -hmm. you know and then I owned them away you know wow and I could feel his energy leave, like his. I could, I could see him going. Mm-hmm. In my mind's eye, I could see him leaving and walking away from here, in such sorrow and such sadness over knowing what he did. Yeah, yeah. And knowing that he was not welcomed here either. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in that that moment it was crazy the synchronicities that were happening on the tv was insane i had turned the tv up real real loud just to keep the house from being so quiet but it was the empire strikes back scene of you know um darth vader versus luke Oh my and gosh! That, you know, really? and and that evil emperor telling them to yeah. you know t- 
to, you know, feel the dark side, you Ugh. know, and consume it, you know. And here, oh I, uh, here I was in a situation of like feeling this anger and this hatred, this dark side that was right mm -hmm. there, and at the same time feeling this need to like to forgive and let God be the judge. Yeah. Woo. You know, and otherwise I know that it's <sighs> going to permeate in the rest of my life to other aspects, most yeah. notably my, my family. Yeah. 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 And so... So when you started playing music again with um, Motown Rage and Rising Up Angry, is that what it is? Yeah. Were you, this is a weird question because I haven't heard the music, but did you feel like your anger could be like prayer or release or what? what's the message? Well, the thing with Rising Up Angry that was very interesting is like as I was saying here is that um, here I had gotten to the point of I'm done with music. Like, you know, I got no real, real, all the people that I would want to love to perform in front of are all gone, <laughs> you know? And the only fun thing about making music is just the camaraderie that you get with the, your brothers yes, in the of band. Course. Yeah. But, um, you know, I had gotten a phone call from a friend of mine, my buddy Turbo in Florida with this band Rising Up Angry, and he was just like, why don't you get out of the fucking Michigan and come down to Florida and sing for us over, open up for Judas Priest. Play this big, big oh festival gosh. show. Yeah. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, we got all these big shows coming up, man, and we we need you to sing. And I was just like, all right, let me um talk to, let me let me get back to you. You know, and yeah. I just like went straight into prayer mode, like, all right, Lord, is this what you want me to do? You know, I'm tired of trying to do my thing. It's going to be your thing from now on. Every time I do my thing, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just a uh, very clear, you you know, you're here to rock. Really? You know, it was, that's what you're here for now. And I get it because now the music lyrically I've been writing for Rising Up Angry and, and it's very much influenced by this near-death experience. And, and in a way it's bringing God to the masses without being preachy or trying to slap a Bible across your face. Yeah. It's just simply this fulfillment of like what I told God that I would do. Just get people off the fence. You can mm -hmm. choose what side you want to be on. You want to be on the side that doesn't believe? Go for it. You want to be on the side that does believe? Cool. Yeah. It's not my job to make you be on either way just to tell you. That's it at this point. Yeah. 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 And, and so. And the other choice just seems so unimaginable to me. And. I've tried it on here and there in my life. And then I'm like, well, why would you want to think that? Why would, what is the advantage of thinking that way? What does it do for you really to think that way? I don't, I'm there's starting nothing hopeful about it. There's nothing light about it. There's nothing wondrous about 
not believing in a big magic soul. You know, there's, why not? Why not believe in it? You know? I have had to, you know, find myself in so many situations to say goodbye to so many people that I've really have fallen so hard on that experience as a crutch to lean on. And it gets me up every time, you know? It's not always the easiest to lose people. You no. Know, it's the worst. It's the worst. But at the same time, it's interesting how us as humans, like, get so down over the fact that our loved ones just Been set are experiencing the best time of their life. They just slipped into bliss. Right. Yeah. Well, it's really a good time for me to be talking about this because the Ann Arbor community just lost, I told you, buddy, Paul. Yeah. And um, we're doing this, you know, honor in honor of Buddy Paul's show is Wednesday at the Blind Pig. Wednesday, May 11th. And we all are just so rocked. He was the lighting guy for so many festivals and so many bands that he toured with and he made drums for everybody and he was this little happy anchor in the middle of so many scenes. And of course I love the idea of his happy spirit spread out all over heaven, contributing to the overall universal vibe, right? But it's the missing the person the physical presence of a person is really yeah that's the part that makes it tearful that's you the know part. that's the part and that's the part where you know and that's um i've had to um embrace that by recognizing that that the tears that we produce are like lubricants for the soul and the mind to be able to to communicate to the other side if if we calm our minds down we could really hear and feel what's on the other side yeah and it is one of the greatest times to um to show gratitude to the universe is when you're in that mode yeah. Because you're 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 striking a frequency that you could be grateful and and as a result you will have that law of attraction working for you and and bringing you know more things to be grateful about. Mhm. Or you can put yourself in that chair of um being the victim. Mm-hmm. You know, and find yourself in a lot more situations of being the victim. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're attracted to that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I much. mean, just um. So for me, it's it's the first thing. It's to, it's to find those gratitude points to really, really 
turn the volume up on those. Yeah. Oh and, God, and, it's and it's so urgent. loud that it takes it's urgent that it takes over everything. That it takes yes. over everything else because yeah. there's a lot of everything else. You know, there's so much. There's so much. You know, I am. I am very very humbled every time I hear someone come up to me and they're like, you know, your experience, your your that you shared has gotten me through my experience of my loss, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've heard that from more than, than one person, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it tells me, you know, that you're doing what you set out to I'm do. Doing it. You're doing, doing, you're doing you know? it. And you're it doing it. And it feels good, you know, and um, I'll be looking forward to getting this book done with Charmy. So that way yeah, the full book comes out. It it as I was saying before, it was going to turn into a. It was starting out as like a near death experience book, but it really has kind of panned up into like an autobiography. Oh wow! Because there's just so many. I've had so many supernatural experiences from yeah. early on, and some of them that have left me in wonder, like why did this happen, and then to find out later on like these experiences that I had was the answer. Yeah, yeah. It just happened because you were supposed to have them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to wrap up. I'm just Man, we could talk forever. Uh, yeah, we uh, it's <laughs> this is how it is with yeah. this thing. I have to be like, well, I don't know. Do people really want to listen to 3 hours of me? Uh, they no, we don't. really don't. I we don't try know. to keep it short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you were able to like. Oh yeah. Well, I was help say, on getting like, this word out. Yes. Oh yes. And I've got to tell you that there's a lot of tragic stories in here, things that you can't believe people live through in this book, The Elephant on the Ceiling. That all oh, that whole talk that we just did was just about your story, and there's a whole bunch of other stories in here, and the revelations that come from these people who you know, see themselves below and they're completely at peace and they're, you know, checking out the other side and really comfortable there thinking about maybe staying, you know, and then they end up coming back, but they are changed. And it's so interesting, you know, I'm so glad I'm at an age now where I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think there was a time in my life that I may may have mocked it or made fun. You know, I remember myself as a young person being like, sure. Right, <laughs> yeah, you're weird. So yeah. weird. Oh, like, way to okay, go. I okay. bet you were just reincarnated, right? Right, and okay. You're, like, you're all like, no, really, hippie. yeah. You're for such sure. a hippie. We, yes, I was. Yeah, babies, everybody, yeah, for sure. It's, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> I was just there for real. You should have seen my. Fluffy dick sleeve. You just see my fucking uh, awesome looking Laura Ingalls. No, uh, no. What was the thing on your dick? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw God. I just saw God. <laughs> okay, forget about that. Wants to see my jelly boner. <laughs> jelly boner. Okay, what about Laura? We'll close on Laura Ingalls Wilder. <laughs> Just to tie it all together wow, into Laura a neat Ingalls bow. And jelly powder. <laughs> okay, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. So, what was the Laura Ingalls thing about? Well, uh, you were just talking about a best, uh, like you know, the little, um, yeah, just a little her little outfits that she would wear in her hat. A pinafore. Is was that what it was? Pinafore? No, not dress? the pinafore. The little, little dress no, not with the like pinafore. Uh, was it the the hat? Okay. 
Laura Ingalls Wilde, a bonnet. The bonnet. A bonnet. Okay. I was going to say something else, but yeah, it was bonnet. (laughs) It's a bonnet. (laughs) Yeah. What about it? It's just cute. (laughs) (laughs) It had nothing to do with anything. You're the worst. Oh, my God. Uh, I thought you were going to tie it into your story. No, no. It's just just a cute thing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So this was great. So the uh, book that prompted this whole discussion is The Elephant on the Ceiling by Mike Hain, H-A-I-N. And you can buy it right now. It came out in 2021. And very quick and easy read, and I appreciate it. So happy reads and weeds. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. Much love to y'all. Bye. Take care. Stay blessed, everyone.